0: Good morning and welcome to worship this Mother's Day Sunday at United Methodist Church Westlake Village's live stream. We're so glad that you found us and we hope that this service is one that brings you hope and comfort in this season of unknowing. Today in worship, we're talking about discipleship and most importantly, transformation and behavior. We look forward to sharing our message with you and we receive a word from the Westminster Free Clinic as we prepare our hearts for worship this day.
1: My name is Lisa Saffanelli. I'm the executive director of Westminster Free Clinic here in Thousand Oaks. We would like to thank you for all your support over the years. Especially now, during COVID-19, it's been a really challenging time. And as an essential service, we've been open. We've been providing free medical care, free emergency dental services, free mental health services, as well as providing fresh produce to over 250 families each week. And that is possible because of the support of the community. Our, fam- our families that we serve are, 80% of them are from Thousand Oaks and Newbury Park. They work in the restaurant industry, they work in the hotels, and other service industries here locally and uh, don't have work right now. So they're really scared about getting COVID-19 and they share that they're really scared about how they're gonna pay their rent and how they're going to uh, feed their families. So it's a really challenging time uh, for all of us. And I'm very confident as a community, we can come together and we're gonna get through this and we're gonna be stronger as a result of all that we've been through these last months. And we thank you for all your support over the past year. Some of this data that you're seeing is uh, uh, from this past year. And we um, hope we'll be able to do a lot of good together in the future. Thank you.
2: The altar reading this morning is from Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and of his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper." a breath and relax and center ourselves upon the presence of God with the central part, the core of our being. God is with us each day, always, you know that. We seek in this time of prayer to be aware of that presence and to note that it connects us not only to God but also to one another through this time of social distancing. Nothing can keep us fully apart because of the power of the Spirit. And so we enter this time of prayer knowing that we are linking with one another through the power of that Spirit of Christ. So let us pray. O Lord, hear the prayers of your children. We give you praise and thanks for the wonders of this world. While we physically distance ourselves from one another because of this novel virus, our attention is drawn to some of the small things that we have missed or taken for granted in life. Our environment is teeming with life and we celebrate the birds and the bugs that we are discovering in our backyards, the cows and the coyotes we see on our hillsides. As flowers and trees burst back into life this spring, let us not miss appreciating these wonders. Nature and all of life that surrounds us surely is magnificent. We pray for those struggling during these times, the many who have died or lost loved ones due to the virus, and all the number uncounted that have been affected by its spread. Soothe the grieving, heal the sick, and strengthen those who are providing care and assistance to them. They are our heroes. We think of all those around us who are dealing with differing types of illnesses, physical or emotional maladies and are in need of your healing touch and a sense of your tender mercies during these challenging times. We think in particular this morning of Barry Falk, as Susan shares with us his arm fracture and the difficulties he is having with managing pain from his root canal. And we think of Dana Sheehan, as Mike shares with us, uh, the challenges that she is uh, facing specifically um, through the advancing of her cancer. We mention these in particular and think of the others who are on our hearts. In these moments of silence, here are special personal prayers for those for whom we care deeply and lift up in prayer to you now. Be with them and help them along their path. This we all pray fully confident of your tender mercies that surround us and that go with us along our path, steadying our hearts and minds, helping us to be the best people we can be regardless of our circumstances. We pray that the mind of Christ would fill our understanding as we gaze upon one another and hold one another in our hearts and our thoughts. Amen. Amen.
3: Good morning. This morning I'm singing an African American spiritual and it's arranged by Harry Burley who is very well known for his fantastic arrangements. This is called I Know the Lord Has Laid His Hands on Me in the Thoughts of Healing and Health. So here we go. It's a little less known than other ones. Huh? Say hi. Had-
2: Our first reading uh, this morning is from Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, and then 4 through 6. It's concerning life in the new community and how we need to be taking responsibility for our own behaviors, yet also bearing with our neighbor's failings. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Our second reading is from the book of Romans. uh, Chapter 14, uh, verse 1 through 6. It's an appeal for harmony in which there is some concern for uh, those believers who are eating meat sacrificed to idols and thinking it's not of a concern, and, and others who are still worried about that in the early church community and, and think that the folk who are eating it are, are in a bad way. So let's hear this word and, and uh, see if we hear the word of God speaking to us through it. It's verse 1 that we begin with. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating everything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat. For God has welcomed them all. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall. And they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. And those who eat, eat. In honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. May God add His blessing to the reading and the hearing of His word for us this morning. Amen.
4: Let me
0: God? Hello. I'm falling apart. Can you put me back together?
5: I would rather not. Why? Because you aren't a puzzle.
0: What about all of the pieces in my life that are falling down on the ground?
5: Let them stay there for a while. They fell off for a reason. Take some time and decide if you need any of those pieces back.
0: You don't understand. I'm breaking down.
5: No, you don't understand. You are breaking through. What you are feeling are just growing pains. You are shedding the things and the people in your life that are holding you back. You aren't falling apart. You are falling into place. Relax. Take some deep breaths and allow those things you don't need anymore to fall off of you. Quit holding on to the pieces that don't fit you anymore. Let them fall off. Let them go.
0: Once I start doing that, what will be left of me?
5: Only the very best piece of you.
0: I'm scared of changing.
5: I keep telling you, you aren't changing. You are becoming. Becoming who? Becoming who I created
1: you to be. A person of light and love and charity and hope and
5: courage and joy and mercy and grace and compassion. I made you for, I made you for more than the shallow pieces you have decided to adorn yourself with that you cling to with such greed and fear. Let those things fall off of you. I love you. Don't change. Become. Become. Become who I made you to be. I'm going to keep telling you this until you remember it.
0: There goes another piece.
5: Yep. Let it be.
0: So, I'm not broken?
5: Of course not. But you're breaking like the dawn. It's a new day. Become
0: thanks dad I'll talk to you soon that one act was on Facebook it was posted by Carol Ames and a few other people last night and it seemed perfect for today's sermon on discipleship transformation and behavior our journey of discipleship is one of becoming shedding old habits behaviors and and shallow traditions that become the per- to become the person that God has created us to be. It is said that it takes us sixty-six days for a new habit to become automatic. Sixty-six days to learn something new, to have a new quality or trait, a new behavior. Some people have chalked that up to a twenty-one ninety rule. You take 21 days to do something new. You spend the time to make sure that you do it each of those days, and it starts getting ingrained just a little bit into who you are. And then you commit to doing it for another 90 days so that you can grow and evolve. We are continuing on our journey of becoming, and it is an ever-evolving process. We're not going to accomplish everything that we want to as disciples in 90 days, but we might develop one new habit, one new thing, and then build upon it until we become who God has created us to be. In the book that we've been reading, Shift 2.0, Phil Maynard says, a life of opening to Jesus includes not only hearing sermons that teach the scriptures, studying scripture, and reading scripture devotionally, but also engaging in those spiritual practices that develop our awareness to the presence of God. As followers mature in this dimension, we we take more and more responsibility for our own spiritual development and become less dependent upon the institution for our growth. This concept of journeying and becoming who we're supposed to be reminds me of one of my favorite children's books. I know that I've told you that children's books are um, a tool that I find useful, not just for kids, but for all of us to learn about God's truth. This book is Old Turtle and the Broken Truth, and it speaks about a journey. I want to read to you just the inside cover of it and uh, plan to share it with Um, our children tomorrow at Children's Corner and maybe I'll try to record it so that I can share it with the rest of the the congregation at that time. Old Turtle and the Broken Truth is written by um, Douglas Wood and he says, or the, the book is explained this way, in a time when every stone is a teacher and every tree a ladder to the stars, the people live in peace. Then the people discover a powerful truth that gives them strength and happiness. But they do not see their truth is broken and incomplete. And because they do not share their truth with other people and other beings, all of the earth begins to suffer. Then a little girl journeys to find the ancient wise one known as Old Turtle. With words both simple and profound, Old Turtle helps the little girl to hear again the language of the breezes and passes on the precious piece of wisdom that will mend the people's broken truth. It's a story that has beautiful imagery and, um, and, and wisdom to it. And the truth that people have been clinging onto from the beginning of time is that it says you are loved. And the little girl knows that there's something beautiful about it, but there's something incomplete. And so as she receives the truth from the old turtle, I apologize. I should have had this page ready when I um, started. Uh, but as she goes into the world uh, and talks to old turtle, she receives the second half of the truth. And I'm going to see if I can share it in such a way that you might be able to see it and it's going to go blurry so it says you are loved and the broken truth says and so are they it is so easy for us to cling sometimes onto the truth that we are loved but we forget that there is wisdom in seeing value and beauty in the other in people that are different from us who talk differently, who look differently, and who shine the light differently than we do. You are loved, and so are they. In Shift 2.0, Maynard talks about discipleship and membership, and he says that when we join a church for membership's sake, often the concept is that it's all about me How is this going to benefit me? How is this going to help me grow? And as we choose to make the shift to discipleship, we begin to say, it's all about God and others. Just like the little girl knew that focusing on herself and the love that was for her, she knew something was missing. She recognized that there was a truth out there that she needed to grab onto. And as she grabbed onto that truth, she changed. Her life was transformed and she was made new to to the point that when she got to her new community, people didn't fully recognize her because she was talking a little bit differently and she was expressing and experiencing the world differently. We as people of faith are going through this metamorphosis or change as well. We are taking the time to go from focusing on ourselves to focusing on others, but focusing on others in such a way that we remember and celebrate their inherent worth, the wisdom and the beauty of them being them and celebrating who they are pastor walt read you a portion of romans 14 today and we're going to hear even more of it in 2 weeks time but i wanted to share it with you from the message because hi it's rachel and i haven't given you a different translation in a couple of weeks so i thought i would do that for you welcome those who are weak in faith but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions some believe in eating anything while others while the weak eat only vegetables Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor to the Lord, and those who eat eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain abstain in honor to the Lord and give thanks to God. I feel like I should say right now that I don't find vegetarians to be weak. So any vegetarian that's watching this, don't feel like I'm saying that as you heard me read this scripture. Um, but what I hear in this scripture is a statement that there's no uniform path to discipleship. We have to make our own best choices to bring honor to God. We need to have to, we need to figure out what God is speaking to us and how we can live authentically, honoring who God has made us to be. Maynard says in a world where we are encouraged to meet our every need, desire or hope, placing others at the center of our world because um, I read that wrong. Let's try that again. In a world where we are encouraged to meet our every need, desire our hope, placing ourselves at the center of our world because we're worth it. While discipleship invites us to discover the truly abundant life in the product of a life lived for God and for others. Maturing discipleship disciples move away from it's about me and toward a lifestyle focused on God and others. When we take the time to develop our discipleship and develop our spiritual disciplines, we become rooted like the the passage in the Psalter, where our trees are rich and deep and nourished by a river of ever-flowing grace and abundance, and we continue to grow and thrive and bear fruit. I want to do a little bit of a transition and talk a bit about Mother's Day today. Usually Mother's Day is different for us depending on what our emotional place is on a given day or time. But the truth is is that Mother's Day is different for each and every one of us this year. If we've had traditions, if we've had things that have have, um, buoyed us in this season, we know that it's not going to be the same this year as it has been in the past for those that get together and go to brunch you might do a zoom brunch but you're not getting together but for others it's not just that we are isolated but some are experiencing their first mothers day without their mothers or their first mothers day without their child or grieving some other relationship issue that is going on some of us are just grieving that we cannot be present with our mothers this day or our children this day And I want to honor that. But I also want to honor the fact that we have all made concerted efforts to know God, to know the people in our lives, and to know that God is with us. So while we may not be with our loved ones today, we are with a God who loves us so well. I received a quote in a text message this morning that I wanted to share with you guys. It's from a man named Eric draven and it says mother is the name of god on the lips of hearts and lips and hearts of all children the truth is is that for many of us our mothers were the first ones to give us a foray into discipleship to give us our basic learning and knowledge and that's not true for everyone but for many that is true And for those that it's not true for, my guess is that if it wasn't your mother, maybe it was your grandmother, an aunt, a beloved woman at church, maybe your Sunday school teacher or a nursery worker, I can tell you that when my family started going to church again for the first time when I was about, th- in, in a long time, when I was about 13, there were a few women who were so excited to see us every week walking into the church. And I know to this day, people like Grandma Betty are present on each and every church campus, making sure that people know that they are loved, that, they, that they're so excited to be seen, And that they are valued and cherished as a part of the community. When my father was growing up, he would spend summers at his grandmother's house. And one summer he spent a a, a period of time with his grandmother and his brother and his sister and his cousins. And they spent some time growing in their faith in the process. Now, my father was a little lucky on that aspect because his Grandmother was a prolific writer, was a United Methodist deaconess before she got married, and a woman of profound faith. And in that summer that they spent together, they spent the time learning an alphabet of scripture that still influences him to that day, an alphabet that teaches him a little bit about who God is and how you're supposed to live in the world. Just one example of that is A- A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, which comes from Proverbs 22.1. And his grandmother worked to teach him that it was more important to be someone who lived in the world in such a way that you have honor and integrity as opposed to accumulating a bunch of stuff. I'm fortunate because that wisdom has been compiled into a book of teaching and knowledge that has benefited me over the course of time. I would challenge you this day to think about who those people who have helped you grow in your faith, who have given that mothering aspect to help you discern who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to live. I asked the question on Facebook, about what aspect of discipleship your mother might have taught you. I only received a couple responses and I wanna share them with you. But overall, I found a uniformity in what was shared. They were taught about love, they were taught about community and they were taught about music. Brenda Rogers from our own congregation says, my mother taught me to go to church and choir. Her devotion led me to church. I sang in my own choir and hers. I learned to seek out a church family, to sustain my family. I learned to seek God in the beauty of the world, in the love of a neighbor, in a smile shared. Another friend responded, wow, so many to choose from. I think the most important aspect of discipleship my mom taught me was to love others and Christ loves us, because that encompasses so many of Christ's teaching in general, to love above else as Christ loved us. As we continue to explore the realities of discipleship, we are becoming something new. We are being transformed like a butterfly who, or a caterpillar that goes into a butterfly. We have a period where we are in a time of change, of becoming something new, of emerging into who God has called us to be, becoming the examples of God's love that is so important, that is so needed, and that is so valuable in our world as we take our focus off of ourselves and become one who does everything possible to bring honor to God and to love others along the way. There's an old parable out there about people who are living in a world where there's a chasm and it but in the center of the chasm is a bowl of food and everybody has long spoons that they're trying to figure out how to feed themselves but the spoons are so long that that it's like out here and they can't get the food to their mouths and sometimes that's the way we are when we're trying to figure out who we're called to be we're trying to figure out how to be fed But it's only when we recognize that we can use those spoons to feed others around us that we then have the time and get nourished by others along the way. When we work together and we take the focus off of ourselves and how we can take care of ourselves, we become the people that take care of the needs of others, nourishing them, supporting them on their journey to become who they're supposed to be. And they feed us as well. We have a both and situation where we need to find out what's best for us, but empower and encourage others to find what's best for them as well. As we go through the process of transformation and becoming, our behavior becomes shaped by the question, is what I'm doing bringing honor to God? I hope today that this message has brought honor to God, has brought message to the women in my life that have helped to shape me, and that brings honor to the ones that come after us, that they might know how to become themselves while honoring those who become themselves in different ways all around them. Amen.
2: church continues to serve her members friends and the community throughout this time of physical distancing and of course needs your generosity to maintain and to empower its ministries and so we call upon that spirit of generosity in you please take note of the information on how you can make contributions that will appear on the screen shortly and be generous in your giving Now would also be a good opportunity to make a second mild mild gift, if you can, this morning to the Westminster Free Clinic, our mission moment that we shared earlier. May God bless you all through your generosity.
0: I hope that this day you embrace the reality of becoming, becoming who God has created you to be, becoming the person that is your richest, most blessed self that is transformed and earns their wings so that they can fly in a way that brings honor to the beauty of who you are. Remember this day that you are rooted in love, nurtured in love, so that you can go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love, goes with you each and every day. Amen.